History tells us that the ideals of customer experience can be traced to the development of market research as a method of improving advertising in the 1920s. The practice spread to other sectors following World War II with the boom of consumerism. So nearly a hundred years has passed with much experience and abundance of technology, we must ask ourselves, have we achieved the pinnacle of customer experience and what are the best practices? In today's podcast for Future CIO, we are joined by Ms. Maxie Smith, Vice President and Principal Analyst with Forrester, to shed light on customer experience measurement, what is it, and how to excel in it. Maxie, welcome to Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you very much for having me, Alan. Let's start with a baseline. What is customer experience, then and now? So customer experience is two things. Customer experience is something really basic. It's the perception that a customer has when they interact with the company. Very basic. The perception of a customer as they interact with the company. But customer experience is also the function, the discipline. And that is something that when you see in the last 30 years, we've seen real uptick in people who call themselves customer experience leaders who are responsible for organizing an an organization or organizing stakeholders to help ensure that customers are having great experiences. And Alan, you know, I think that the at the heart of this is a bit of a loss of customer focus. It used to be that a person would go to a store, store owner would know the person, they would talk, person would give feedback, the store owner would communicate, there was trust. And then with the advent of technology, of scale in companies, people in companies lost touch with their customers. So at some point, a customer experience function was formed to basically uh, redo that, to get more in touch with customers, to make sure that all the decisions in a company are customer oriented. What has brought about this loss of connection with the customer? Do you think it has to do with our greater reliance on technology? I don't think necessarily because technology can also help with being in touch. Technology in, in, as in chat and, and so on has created great ways to be in touch with others. But when you think about the purpose of an organization is to grow. So as organizations are growing, they just will lose touch with the people that they're serving because they will be more focused on how to grow. They will be more focused on creating efficiency. They'll be more focused on internal processes. Among CMOs we speak to, the term customer experience framework has now become part of the vocabulary. What is customer experience framework? Customer experience framework is a way to say that customer experience isn't something that happens accidentally. I mentioned earlier that people in the customer experience role, their job is to coordinate, orchestrate, organize people in the company to do things that are more customer centric. And customer experience framework is a way to articulate that customer experience is a business discipline. So we want to first tell everybody how the experience should feel. And Alan, that's, by the way, a, a real, real gap in many organizations, what we call a customer experience vision. And that's the starting point, right? We do need to have an idea of what the experience should feel. Should it feel special or easy or personal or proactive or all of those things? But that needs to be clear because with an understanding what the experience should feel for customers, you can start to create guidelines for how to train people, what processes work, what technologies to choose. So the customer experience vision is kind of starting part of the framework. And from there, then you can organize. So start with the vision, build a framework from there to guide your customer experience strategy. Fair enough. Now, you wrote a blog that low measurement maturity is a challenge for customer experience leaders. What do you mean by that? Um, Alan, maybe I can even backtrack one more step. So if we talk, just talked about the customer experience vision, right? But 
customer experience as a discipline, what I mentioned earlier, needs to do six things well for the customer experience vision to hopefully come to life. And measurement is part of them. So let me just put that framework and then I'll explain why measurement maturity is low and what the problem is with that. The first thing a customer experience leader must do is create a customer experience function. It does not necessarily have to be a team. It can be an extended team, but people who know how to do customer experience that can help create that vision, that can help get stakeholders on board. Second thing is they need to collect insights from customers, from surveys, from other channels, unstructured data, structured data, market research, right? Third is they need to embed that insight in business decisions, people, process technology. Fourth is they need to contribute to designing better experiences. Fifth is they need to help that technology supports experiences. And sixth is that measurement, measurement improving the ROI of customer experience. Now, I talk about low customer experience measurement maturity because of two reasons. A, the people that we ask, people who are in charge of customer experience measurement, nearly half of them say that the maturity of their program is low or very low. So this is not only me saying this, this is them saying this, but I also see what happens in programs. So many programs are quite focused only on surveys. Many programs have a very hard time getting anybody to care about the data that they create in their measurement program. And that's why both self-perception of customer experience leaders as well as my perception professionally is that low maturity. For many marketers we speak to, Net Promoter Score seems to be the tool to use when it comes to measuring customer experience. Is this correct? So Net Promoter Score is something that maybe many of you have seen as a survey respondent. If you have had an interaction with a company, they might have sent you an email or a chat asking you how likely you are to recommend them to friends and family. And then they asked you to answer that on the question between zero to 10. And that's the Net Promoter Score. So Net Promoter Score is that question. And what we then get as a result is we understand how many people chose to score a zero through six we call them detractors. How many chose to score a seven or eight? We call them passives. And how many chose a nine or a 10, which we call promoters. And when you take all of the customers who responded, let's say 100 customers responded to this question, you take the share of promoters, let's say it's 20%, said nine or 10 share of promoters, minus the share of detractors, let's say 50% said zero, one, two, three, four, five, six. So 20% minus 50% is minus 30. So the NPS for that company would be minus 30. And that's what we now have a lot as a metric. So the Net Promoter Score is a really, really common metric. When we ask people in the customer experience role what their top level executives look at to gauge success of customer experience, 70% say Net Promoter Score. The next down is satisfaction, but it's much, 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 much less. So Net Promoter Score indeed seems to be very prevalent. We know it is very prevalent, but here's something really important. Net Promoter Score is not actually a metric that measures how customers feel about their experiences, right? Net Promoter Score is a loyalty metric because it asks, do you feel so awesome about us that you would recommend us. So it's, it's much, much more measuring loyalty or intended loyalty, would you recommend, than measuring customer experience quality itself. And I think that's where the problem lies. So it's definitely not the only tool, but it is a very common metric. If you use Net Promoter Score, it's very likely that nobody will ask you about it. People are like, oh yeah, okay, this seems like a standard. It's okay to use it, but it does have its drawbacks. You need to use other metrics in concert with the Net Promoter Score in order to have a chance to measure customer experience well. Now, still on the topic of customer experience measurement, how does an organization decide which metric should form part of their measurement tool set? 
So if you want to do customer experience measurement well, you need to measure customer experience using three types of metrics and on three levels. Let me first talk about the three types of metrics, okay? The first type of metric is understanding how people feel about their experiences. Remember, that's what customer experience quality is. How do I feel about the experience? And those are metrics like satisfaction, ease, confidence, frustration. That's at the heart of customer experience measurement. You also need to understand what people do as a result of their experiences. So while the first metric how they feel about their experiences tell us what they feel. The next type of metric, we call them outcome metrics, tell you what people do as a result of their experience. So will they recommend you? Will they buy again? Will they call you and cost you a lot of money? Right? So now we have these perception metrics, how they feel, and we have outcome metrics, what they do as a result. It's important to have outcome metrics because that helps you make the business case. What happens when, you're, when the feelings of your customers get better or worse? What happens to their behaviors? For example, as people are more satisfied or find it easier to interact with you, maybe they call you less and cost you less money. So that helps you make a business case. And that's really important. But there's a third type of metric that we need to measure. And that is what we call interaction metrics. Interaction metrics are basically operational metrics that measure what happens through an experience. So for example, how long did I wait? How many steps did something take? These kinds of metrics. And then you have these metrics and you look at the interaction metrics versus the perception metrics, you can understand what to do to improve the experience. So interaction metrics, for example, how many steps does something take? Perception metrics, how do I feel about it? Frustrated. And outcome metrics, what do I do as a result? Call you back and cost you money. If you have these three types of metrics, you can not only make the business case for why you need to improve customer experience, you can also understand how to do it. So those are the three types of metrics. In your experience, do best-in-class marketing organizations have these tools and practices as part of their customer experience strategy? Companies who are really good at this will mm -hmm. make sure to collect these three types of metrics, either for a journey or for a touch point, mm -hmm. because that helps them do what I, what I just said, right? Make the business case for customer experience improvements and figure out what to do to improve them. So yes, and that's actually a big challenge. So when we look at our data, we find that companies focus a lot on these perception metrics. Remember, that's how people feel about their experience. And that's normal because you can get them through surveys. It's quite simple, right? Measuring outcome metrics and interaction metrics is sometimes harder because they come from different places in your organization and often you don't have them at the same kind of level of granularity. For example, average handling time isn't so easily available on the individual customer level, right? You have the average handling time for a channel, but it's very hard to link that to individual customers' perception of the experience. And the same goes with behaviors. So advanced companies don't only just measure these three types of metrics, they also put the data in one place and have the data available in such a way that they can link these three types of metrics with each other. On average, where do most organizations struggle when it comes to executing customer measurement strategies and achieving desired customer experience strategies? There's a few places where I can see companies are not doing their best. Maybe not on average, but just some places that I observe where companies are lagging behind uh, effective practice. Maybe I can also pick a few areas that I think would be easiest to improve potentially. First okay. thing is the robustness of the data. So we just talked about having these three types of data, but even before you go there, take a look at any survey that you get. Take a look at your own surveys. In nine of 10 cases, these surveys are boring, long, annoying. So already you're creating, basically you're creating creating bad experiences in the pursuit of customer experience metrics. You send surveys to customers and when this customer
customers take the survey, this is a bad experience, right? You're creating bad experiences. And you're also with that creating bad data. Not only do you create bad data, but also customer unwill. So I think this is a, the first step could be to look at your surveys and check whether you need all the questions in them. Are the questions clear? Are they really according to your brand or are they boring? And that's a really, it's a quick win of sorts because it's not terribly hard to do, but I don't see many do it. So for example, when I look at um, the data that we have, only 26 percent of people in the customer experience customer experience measurement function pre-test their surveys with customers so if you don't pre-test your survey with customers how can you know that they understand it because you understand it doesn't mean anything you need to pre-test it with customers so this is a small step maybe maybe something to take away everybody here who cares about customer experience measurement make sure that you in your company pre-test your surveys and improve your surveys very very simple right the second part i talked about robustness is to move beyond that survey dependence there are now many tools that allow us to understand a little bit about the experience without asking. So for example, there are digital tools, there are tools that mine calls or mine kind of spoken uh, recordings of calls that can tell us, was that digital experience frustrating? Was that call frustrating? And that might help us not to have to send out as many surveys and we get more data about the experience. Because don't forget, when you have surveys, you capture a very, very, very small share of your people. Maybe among 100 interactions, you get maybe between five and seven have a survey response. That's a very, very small base on which to make decisions and you need to expand that base of making decisions that's really important so that's maybe one thing like robustness of the data one thing i want to say the second thing where i think we're lacking behind a lot is the idea of embedding metrics in decisions and here something really weird happens as a cx function we're trying to be very grown up we try to report numbers and be kind of you know seen as a as a business discipline but as we do that we're kind of blurring our customers out you know when you look at an image and it's kind of blurry and you don't quite know what it is and then it becomes clearer and clearer and finally you can see the image then we report too many numbers and we forget the human behind the numbers we're blurring our image we're basically pixelating our customers for our internal stakeholders and then what we said in the beginning that customer experiences role is to connect stakeholders and customers again that gets lost right and that blurring happens when we report scores for example if i report net promoter score is 42 that is completely devoid of any human emotions if i tell you that the number of detractors you have remember that those had say zero to six on that net promoter question. If I tell you that that number could fill a whole football stadium. Now that's something that you understand, you know, that, that there's some human perspective behind that. And that's the, that's the second thing I wanted to point out that that is, I think quite an easy, quick win to communicate about our customer experience metrics in a more human centric way. How does an organization decide which best practice fits their organization's business model? So customer experience measurement has a lot of it that is, I'm going to say industry agnostic, business model agnostic. I know that this is sometimes counterintuitive because every company does think that they are very special and, and you are all special. But the idea that we have to understand what is the quality of our experiences is the same. The idea that we have to use customer research to help us understand which metrics to measure is the same. The idea that we need to connect with stakeholders is the same. The idea that we need to have better data, more robust data is the same. There are some things that are different. So for example, in certain industries, is, is a metric that you would measure because you make it very hard for your customers to do business with you. In other industries, ease isn't such a big deal because you're an industry about emotions. So think about a, a lifestyle entertainment brand like, I'm going to go with Disney. 
of course they want to make it easy, but they also want to leave you with these these amazing emotions. So there's a bit of a difference depending on what your what your kind of what your what your thing is. But when you look at the most most brands, most brands still are focused on, for example, measuring ease. If you sell to me, if you sell to lots of maxis, it's okay to send online surveys, right? But if you sell to the Maxi Corp and I'm the CEO of Maxi Corp, I don't want an online survey from you. I want you to come to me and talk to me over a chai, over a coffee, over a beer. I don't know what it is. So then you have a certain type of customer, like a large customer, a key account customer, you will not gather information about customer experience metrics the same way as you would with a large consumer. Does that make sense? There are these differences, but I would say more is applicable across industries. How would the customer experience leader sell the idea of customer experience transformation to the C-suite and the board? I would not worry too much about the motivation and motivating people to improve customer experience, I would think more about what holds them back. And I'll explain what I mean, right? We have a lot of data on why customer experience is a worthwhile pursuit or why improving customer experience is a worthwhile pursuit. But companies get kind of sidetracked sometimes, as I mentioned earlier, in their own internal processes. So the first thing, of course, that you need to do is you need to have a business reason for customer experience. And there's a lot of examples that we have collected for us that improving customer experience improves business results. It improves the revenue, it improves costs or decreases costs, and it improves resilience. But in many cases, what happens is that people don't necessarily feel like customer experience isn't the right thing to do, but something holds them back. And the analogy here is a bit of a car. So you don't need to keep pressing the, the gas to get people to be more excited about customer experience. You need to worry about why is the handbrake on? Because if your handbrake is on and you press on the gas, nothing's going to happen. Only your tires are going to get worn down. And I think the, the handbrake of customer experience is what we should focus on. So how can we get people to understand? How do we understand what holds people back from being more customer centric? And that is often processes or policies internally, but it's also a lack of knowledge on on what to do and how to improve customer experience, which is why initially I had started talking about the customer experience vision. And maybe, maybe I can I'll summarize a little bit. First thing is to explain that good customer experience and good business results are not mutually exclusive. It's not either or. Good customer experience leads to good business results in terms of revenue, cost, and resilience of the business. And second is to say, what do we have to take out of the way of people so they can be better executives as well as everybody in the organization? What policies can we take away? What processes can we make smoother? What training do they need to be able to be customer centric? You'd mentioned digital transformation, which is often a way to be more efficient and which is often a way for companies to catch up on what they've not done for the past 10, 20 years, right? They're, they're trying to now put all the process digitally. And if you don't do that in a customer centric way, you will just digitize bad processes. So customer experience can also be solved with um, I'm going to say the fear of not achieving your digital transformation goals, for example. So if you are not understanding what customers need, your digital transformation will fail ultimately because your customers will not embrace these new processes and these new channels that you're offering to them. Understanding that customer experience is the realm of the chief marketing officer, what can the CIO or CTO and the IT team do to help support and realize the goals of customer experience? So first, maybe to your point, you are right in the sense that when we look at their customer experience teams report, the highest mentioned function is marketing, but there are also some that report directly to the CEO, like mm -hmm. the chief customer officers. There are some that report into customer service. So there's a bit of a bit of a, a kind of a, a diverse picture of where customer experience teams live that also comes kind of from the idea of that these organizations all have different centers of power and different histories, right? But yes, many CMOs also have marketing have responsibility for customer experience. And that, I think in itself, 
shows the importance of your question about technology decision makers, right? Or technology leaders, because technology leaders are both at the root of customer experience problems with the legacy systems that are there with data problems, as well as the solution to customer experience issues. Right? When we talk about, for example, new ways to connect with customers, when we talk about changing the data infrastructure so we can better understand customers using tools like journey orchestration or real-time interaction management so we can provide next best experience to customers, all that in the hands or in the responsibility of the chief technology officers. And that's where I see of uh, the best customer experience teams have very good links to the technology organization. There was a case study, for example, from a while ago uh, from, from APAC, where the technology team was taking a bit of the lead in the customer experience development. And all of the IT blueprints that they created had to have a customer persona on them and had to have what kind of customer needs this IT project is trying to further. So that's a, an example of a really cool connection between customer experience and IT. According to Forrester Research, is this cool connection between marketing, customer experience team, and IT, is it prevalent, particularly in Asia? There are IT teams that are future fit. We call this future fit. And future fit IT teams have that. And we have some data on how many teams are future fit. I don't have it at the top of my <laughs> of my mind, but it's not not a large amount of IT decision makers that would be considered future fit, like, but they have what it takes to be customer obsessed. While on the other end, we're talking about digitizing processes that we talked about earlier, but it's much more an internal efficiency game. So I would say in balance, in most companies, we lack that connection between customer experience and IT. What needs to happen in order to make this cool connection a reality in existing organizations? Do you remember when I said earlier that we should not get the foot on the gas? We yes. need to also think about the handbrake in this situation. And the handbrake in the situation are, I think, two big things and probably many more, right? The first big thing is a complete different language, kind of not understanding each other. Think about if you are in customer experience, have you met your technology team? How much time have you spent with them? How much do you understand how they tick and why they make certain decisions? Same if you're in a technology function. Have you actually met these CX people more than having them say, oh, CX is important, right? Have you understood what they're about? Are you understanding the customer experience vision? So that, that's the first thing, right? Have we, have we met? I know this seems very basic, but sometimes it is as basic as this. And the second thing is that, remember the case study I mentioned earlier, making sure that, for example, when we have an IT project, we understand exactly how it will change customer journeys. The customer journey is a really interesting concept because customer experience is all about helping customers achieve their goals. So for example, I need to be able to buy a house. That's a goal. The customer journey that goes with it is, for example, a mortgage journey for a financial services company. So the mortgage journey is in service of the achieving the goal of the customer to be able to buy a house, right? Getting the loan to buy the house. Now, if we understand this journey, if we can map out the journey, we can now look at the technology. Where does technology currently make this journey better? Where does technology currently make this journey worse? And then we can take that and include it into project planning in IT and uh, whatever methodology you use in IT, right? Agile, a piece of waterfall, doesn't matter. But you can now understand how your activities in the IT function directly change the way that this the customer perceives this journey. I think that's a really powerful way for both sides to try to come together via the customer journey, mapping it, understanding it, and then seeing how technology contributes or detracts from this journey experience. What is your advice for the different heads that work together to achieve the desired customer experience? 
The advice is to take a step back and think about what the experience should feel like and why. I know we started with this, but I'm coming back to this on purpose. So that customer experience vision, if everybody understands what the customer experience vision should be. And by the way, this customer experience vision needs to be informed by what you're strong at as a company. Like if you're a super efficient company, but have very impolite people, maybe personal, wonderful personal feeling experiences in branch aren't your thing. Just making this up as an example. So think about what are you strong as a brand? What do your customers want? And where are competitors strong? And that's where kind of you, you create that customer experience vision. Now, the people who are in the different functions of the company should have a common understanding of what are the top four, five, six, seven goals that customers have when they interact with us. So think about a financial services company. A goal might be, I want to be able to spend money on a credit card. I want to buy a house. I want to have a bank account. I want to get any problem that I have solved. Just that could be the goals. And then understanding what is my function's contribution to these goals and how do I need to manage my function in order to help achieve these goals, which requires, of course, buy-in from the top level into customer experience. So if we're the kind of the, the decision maker in the company and um, that is something that we can all agree on, that's a path forward. Maxi, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CIO. Thank you very much for having me, Alan. That was Ms. Maggie Smith, Vice President and Principal Analyst with Forrester on the topic of customer experience measurement. What is it and how to excel in it? You are listening in the podcast for future CIO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CIO. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.